بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا In one of the narrations in Kitabul Malahim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam described how the Tatars would attack what was the seat of the Islamic world, it was called Baghdad. And in that narration, certain points were made. Later on, Muhaddisin or Shurrah, explainers of Hadith said that the way the narration was described itself was a mu'ajizah. But the advice that was given in the narration or the end of the narration, that's the point that we want to try to reach and explain. So first with regards to the narration, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described the land first. At that time, there were not many people still in the land of Iraq because Iraq was only going to be taken over in the time of Abu Umar radiallahu anh. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes the area. He says, Yanzilu unasu min ummati. بِغَائِتٍ يُسَمُّونَهُ الْبَصَرَةِ That a group of my ummah will descend or will one day settle down in a place. غَائِت means like a low area. They will settle down in a low area in a place which the people today call Basara. يُسَمُّونَهُ الْبَصَرَةِ One is the Basra we know that was made in the time of Umar radiallahu anh. There was one city in which they say that never was an idol ever worshipped because there was no city. But in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Basra wasn't there. What we call Baghdad today, one entrance of Baghdad at that time was known as the Basra of Baghdad. So ulama have written that most likely Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was speaking about this Baghdad. But at that time he never used the word Baghdad, he used the name Basra. So he said, Yusammunahu al-Basra, that which they call today Basra. A part of my ummah will settle down there. In the Nehrin yuqalu lahu Dijla. By the Dajla, we hear the Tigris, the Euphrates. So the Dajla is the Tigris. So it's referring to Baghdad in the ending. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then said, Alayha jisrun. And on it there will be a bridge. And the people of that land, the inhabitants will be many. وَيَكُونُ مِنْ أَمْصَارِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ one day it will be a city for the believers. Remember when he's saying this at that time, Iraq, there's no thinking of Iraq. And when the Sahaba radiallahu anh, took over, for many years Baghdad was never regarded as min amsaril muslimin, from the major cities of the believers. Then when it came, the entire Umayyad Khilafat came to an end. Then it went into the Abbasi Khilafat. Then somewhere in the Abbasi Khilafat, they decided now to redo Baghdad again. And that was when now Baghdad became. How the narration explained it, that until the time that it's not made as the major city of the land, until that time that next part is not going to come. So in the time of the Abbasids, Baghdad was now made as the seat, the center, the capital. وَيَكُونُ مِنْ أَمْصَارِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Baghdad was now transformed. 
Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ Then when the end of time will come. End of time could either mean Qiyamah, and that's how normally it will be seen, but amazing. Here it perhaps meant when it is the end of the empire, because this was the end of the Abbasi empire. وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ When it will be day end, the end of day time. Meaning like Zamanihim. This was the end of the Abbasi Empire. The last Khalif of the Abbasi who was called a Khalif Musta'asim Billah. He was killed now. And thereafter later on they reinstated a new Khalif in Egypt. But that was like a toy. Meaning the Khilafat was broken. The Khalif died. There was no Khalif. And when the people of Islam established in Egypt where they defeated the Mongolians, the Tatars, they said there must be a Khalif. So they just looked for someone in the family and said, you the Khalif. So he thanked them. And then from there onwards, all he could do was thank them. But it was just a name after that. There was no Khalif. How the narration described it, وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ جَاءَ بَنُو قَنْتُورَ بَنُو قَنْتُورَ referred to the Turks. Pantura was known as Abu Turk. So he says, the Turks will come. Iradul Sigarul Ayun and he described their faces also. For me and you we're not seeing them in front of us, so it's nothing. But those who were facing the Turks and the battle of the Turks took place for a while. And the Muslims had been facing the Turks, but not this land. They had never reached Baghdad. Genghis Khan had made his attempt, he had come into the Muslim lands, they fought what was called the Khawarizm Empire, and they destroyed that empire. And thereafter they returned back to the lands of Mongolia and they had their own internal politics. But as the narration said, a day will come when it is the end of this empire. Then Banu Kantura are going to come and they did come. Most likely he was known as Manku Khan. So when he became the leader of the Mongolians, then he told his brother Hulaku that now what our grandfather, meaning the beginning of the empire, Genghis Khan wanted that from the one river of Iraq till the ends of Egypt, every rasam, every riwaj, every culture must be Mongolian culture. He said, now you fulfill his desire. So he sends Hulaku Khan, his brother. And he sends out his armies and he makes the roads. And that's when he starts now his descent into the lands of the Muslims. This was when now Sham was really broken. كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ جَاءَ بَنُو قَنْتُورَ And he came. And how he went through it. Just before he reaches now Baghdad, Hulaku Khan gets the news of Manku Khan's death. So he has to go back. That was when he never made the battle against Egypt. And before that, the battle of Baghdad, <coughs> Hulaku goes into Baghdad, he writes letters to the Khalif of Baghdad. He writes that you know the tarikh of Genghis Khan. You know that there was the Khawarizm Empire, they fell. You know there was the Seljuks, they fell. You know there was this group, there was that group. Do you ever think your one Baghdad will manage to hold out? <coughs> so at that time the Khalif was known as Musta'sim Billah. They explain in the books of Tariq that he was like Bekar. He had put the entire state in the hands of a man who was a Shi'i and another man who was a Sunni. Make the Sunni happy, make the Shi'i happy. 
And the Sunni and the Shi'i had their own ikhtilaf. So one trying to get against the other. So the Shi'i, some say he wrote himself to Halaku Khan that I have already made the empire ready for you. So when you come now, you must promise that you will give me rule. Some say that happens. Really what happened? No one loved to tell the story. Because all were killed. The Shi'i even some say he also got killed. Whatever it is, they all got killed. When he came, now see the narration. وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ جَاءَ بَنُوا قَنْطُورًا فَيَنْزِلُونَ عِنْدَ شَطِّ النَّحْرِ And at the shore of the river they will camp. And that's what happened. And then he wrote his letters to the Khalif. Tariq shows that because of the Shi'i, his name was Ibn al-Alqami. The Shi'i somehow had over the months explained to the Khalif that when the Mongolians are going to come, they're going to come. We will not be able to fight them no matter what your army size is. So what easier for us to do is let's make a truce now with them, sulah. That instead of having a big bekar army, why don't we cut the army? And he cut it until he brought it to about 20,000 from whatever the number was. And whatever money is used to pay soldiers, we'll gather all that amount and we'll say to Hulaku Khan that this is for you. Like, Leave us now. So the Khalif agreed. He said he had no khabar in war. He agreed and the whole army was brought down. And they took that huge amount and they went and they presented it to the Mongolians that there's no need for you all to come past where you all coming. Where they were going to listen. They said we will come. And they came right to where they wanted and that's when he wrote to the Khalif now. That instead of me coming to fight against you, you just come out. You just come out. The Khalif now wasn't happy because already they refused. The whole army is there. يَنزِلُونَ عِنْدَ شَطِّ النَّحْرِ So the Khalif first tried to show his shan, but now it was too late. And when he realized it's not going to work, فَيَتَفَرَّقُ أَهْلُهَا The wording of the narration which ulama like Mullah Ali Qari rahimullah and others wrote that Bazahir most likely this was because it happened as the hadith had mentioned. As the hadith had mentioned. فَيَتَفَرَّقُ أَهْلُهَا ثَلَاثَ فِرَقٍ And the people of that land will break up into three parts. And this was the unique wording that was used, meaning even if it happened at that time, it's as though it will always happen in Islamic history. It will always happen. They call it history repeats itself. He says, "Firqatun yaqhuduna fi adnami al-baqri wal-barriya." Firqatun yaqhuduna fi adnami al-baqri wal-barriya. There will be one group who will grab in the tails of their cows, and who will grab fil barriya in moving into the open areas. In that era, what it meant was there was one group, either we can say they ran away. So when you run, you take your cows, you take your sheep and you just carry on. Where they were going to run to? Perhaps there was that group, no one noticed them. They were not fighters. So you take your, what is called your samane aish, your provisions for life, and you try to escape and you're gone. And perhaps that group was there. But the wording which we will speak about now, and the second group, يَأْخُذُونَ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ 
The second group will go out and they will take for themselves. Take for themselves means they will secure Aman. So in that time the Khalif Musta'asim Billah and his senior members went out. Halaku Khan actually had told them that all those trenches that you'll have dug around this, the fort, fill up all that there. There must be no trenches. So they even filled it up. They filled up all the trenches. Meaning when the army will want to enter into the forts, there's nothing to stop them. They filled up everything. He said, now you come. Then the Khalif came and many people came. And then where he was going to listen? He had come to destroy Baghdad. What they write in the books of Tariq, who knows? As if she said, no one counted, no one loved to tell the story. But they write that about 200,000, 200,000 died. 200,000. So there was no Baghdad left. يَأْخُذُونَ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ How the narration said it. The first group, فِرْقَةٌ يَأْخُذُونَ فِي أَذْنَابِ الْبَقَرِ وَالْبَرِّيَّةِ وَحَلَكُ The first group will grab the tails of their cows and they will run into the open areas. وَحَلَكُ They will be destroyed. Either they were destroyed because the Mongolians chased them. Where are you going to run? Chased them, found them, destroyed them. As for the second group who put his trust in the devil himself, where the devil will ever give you any chance? Wahalakum. So what happened to the third group? Wafirqatun yajaluna zarariyahum khalfazhurihim. There will be a third group who will put their young children and their women behind them. Wanisaahum. They put their young children and their women behind them. وَيُقَاتِلُونَهُمْ And they said, we will fight. From the Ayyubis, he was known as Al-Maliku Al-Kamil. When he saw everyone around him falling. So he said to his families that we will fight. And he took them in a fort. But there was no hope because no one was going to come help them. Twenty months, they say. For twenty months, meaning over one and a half years, they managed in that fort. And because you're under a siege and no one is coming for your help, then some of the soldiers died in hunger. Some of them became so exhausted, so tired, some started slipping away. But Al-Malikul Kamil and his soldiers, they stayed till the end. They said when finally the Mongolians got hold of him, because they were so irritated with him, the way they mutilated his body, like Tariq is like gawat, what they did with him. But in the ending, the others also died. The Mongolians, when they would kill leaders, they would say, I'll honor you. Their manner of honoring was a unique manner. Islam was unique. He said, if I kill you, we will kill you with one shot of the sword. You'll feel no pain. Because we know that the real pain starts when you go in the cover. So we give no pain. By them, if you're a noble person, you say, how can I just kill you like that? You must kill by being pounded by the horses. So they wouldn't kill the person, they would roll him in like a carpet. And then they would let their horses run over him. So they said, aren't you happy? Like You'll be crushed to death. That's like a noble killing for you. That's what's their like, nobility. But when they say what they did to Al-Malikul Kamil, you can understand what they did to him. Like. But 20 months, but look at the wording of the narration. They also died in the end. After when they had to carry on to Egypt. And they really thought it's the last now. 
when Allah Tabarukullah made it, the Egyptians were able to destroy them. No one has written this in tarikh. But it is something which we have always had a... That whenever Allah wants... Hazrat Umar Baranpuri rahimullah used to say this. Whenever Almighty Allah wants a great decision to be made, first Almighty Allah asks for the blood of the martyrs. Said perhaps it was the blood of these masters. When they saw everyone around them, the mighty Baghdad fall. Twenty months in that fort, but every day they would carry on fighting. Twenty months you see day by day your people dying. Because you're under siege, so you're shooting one way and they're shooting. Day and night until you die because of hunger and tiredness. The blood of the martyrs, the wording of the narration, وَيُقَاتِلُونَهُمْ They will fight them. Then he never said, وَهَلَكُوا And they'll also be killed. He said, وَهُمْ الشُّهَدَاء That وَهُمْ الشُّهَدَاء If you know Balagat, it means وَاقِعِي Without doubt, these are the real martyrs of the Ummah. وَهُمُ الشُّهَدَاء So that was the narration which Shurrah of Hadith said, what a mu'ajizah it was, like how it happened. Ain bi'ain, end of their era. That was the end of the era of the Abbasids. How they came, where they settled, who settled, how they looked, how the three Jamaats grew up, broke up, how the king, the Khalifa, went to ask for Aman, Wahalaku, how the narration said you will be destroyed, he was destroyed. He could have fought, but perhaps his eye was not on that narration. Thought maybe this will happen some other era. What lesson, however, when we said history repeats itself is this, that whenever the battle with the shaitani forces will take place, it seems in tarikh, number one, they always put the Shi'i element. The Shi'i element always somehow managed to come. And he would always try to influence the people of the Sunnah. So throughout tarikh, you will not find history without the Shia. Like you will say, you from the time of Iblis are around. And it seems till Dajjal dies, you'll carry on. They will army till the ending on Jamaat. Although we call them Shia today, once upon a time they had a different name. They know known as Ahlul Qadr, the Qadriya. In that narration, Nabi said, and they will continue until the last is what they lead the Dajjal. Exactly as I said it, they started from that era and they went right till the ending. They never stopped, they just took different names until they will die with their leader, meaning leader from the beginning till the ending. Ahlul Qadr. Different names they took. But in our tarikh, they were predominantly with the name of the Shi'i. So that element was always there. And whenever the Muslim groups felt that we can work with the Shi'i, we can trust the Shi'i, then what he did to the Khalif and how he wrote what happened to that Ibn al-Alqami? Who knows tarikh? He never write tarikh. Some wrote that the Shi'i had a law. The Mongolians had a law. That after you kill the big enemy, also kill the small enemy. So they called him and they said, that man whose master could not trust him, you think we're going to trust him? And they killed him also. That man who could betray his master, is he not going to betray us? So they write, the Mongolians were very noble people. We explained how they would kill people with great nobility. Another thing of nobility they had is this. They said, we hate people who betray. 
They hate it. He said, we like people who like fight till the end. Problem is when people fought to the end, they also got angry there also. They said, how dare you fight against us? But they would always say like, I honor you, you fought to the end. So Ibn al-Alqami betrayed, most likely they killed him there and there. But he lost it, khasira dunya wal akhirah. When the enemy, when the shayateen attack, there will always be three groups. The wording of the narration, although it worked, bi'ainihi for that, the fall of the Abbasi Khilafat. But the wording at the ending, يَأْخُذُونَ fi أَذْنَابِ bakar wal There will always be one jamaat when the enemy attacks in every era. يَأْخُذُونَ fi أَذْنَابِ bakar is like mubalagha. You say grabbing in the tails of their cow. Normally the shepherd walks behind the cow. But he doesn't hold the tails. Holding the tail is like ishara. You become so engrossed with the ma'ash with the saman, with the items of your sustenance, you become so engrossed in earning your living that you become oblivious to everything happening around you. That whatever happens, whoever dies, whatever laws come, whether shariat is trampled, whether new laws come about, whether khilafat is being destroyed, it makes no difference to me as long as I know tomorrow I can open my shop. That man is grabbing onto the tail of his cow. Well, Barriya, and he's just going in the open lands. Meaning wherever I can find my saman, I have to come home tonight with butter and bread. They say when you hear about Layla in Majnoon, they say Qais, his name was Qais Majnoon, mad in love, Qais. Some ulama said the only hope we have of his high levels of akhirat is that he was mad in love. His law story was romance in that era already. Madly in love. Although he never did haram. How you find people nowadays doing haram, he never do all that. Although we laugh at him and say, Majnoon, mad in love. If he had to see us, he will say, I thought I was mad. You are like over the moon. You are spoiled your akhirat. He never do that. He was in love, but he wanted to marry her. They never let him marry her. That's all. So then he took out his love on walls and he took it out by the streets and by the water. He knew he's not going to get her. But he could carry on singing poetry but he would never ever like sing, send a message to her let's meet in secret. Let's do some haram. They would never do that. Majnoon he was. So at that time the battles of Islam were taking place. Some historians have written. So someone met him and said to him what's happening between Ali radiallahu and Muawiyah radiallahu Tariq is tariq. Whether it's true or not we'll never know. Poor case, enough stories were made against him. So they say, someone said to him, what's happening at the moment? Who's winning? Who's losing? So the man said, like, what will make you happy? He said, I don't know. What you think will benefit Layla more? If this group wins and Bela will be happy, I'm with this group. His whole mission in life was, if Layla gets happy, I'm with that Jawan. He had no interest at all in politics. Only my Layla, my Layla. So some said that the hope we have that we'll meet him in the highest places of Jannah. They say that the Ashiks who came later on, the Sufis who came later on, they would say to the people, if you want to learn love of Allah, learn it from Majnoon. So he said, so many of them quoted Majnoon, I'm sure on that day he'll say, hey, you know, I'm your Ustad. <laughs> so he got his daraja. At least they'll pull him out. But like that, there will be people so engrossed in their dunya. And they were and they will be. 
And since the wording of the narration was unique, although we feel it meant when it will be day, end of day era, وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ so beautiful the ahadith. It never used the word fi akhiri zamanihim, the end of their era, although it's intended most likely like that. It kept it open. When the end of times will come again, the world must be ready to break into three jamaats. When Banu Qantura will come again, so I wrote one kitab on what is Zulqarnain and the Yajuj Majuj, understanding Zulqarnain and the Yajuj Majuj. Where I spoke about what is this Ya'juj Majuj and which tribes do they come from and why they all come under this word Abu Turk. Why they are known as the Turk, the Turk, Banu Qantura. So in the end of times when we will fight, we will again fight one of the main armies of Dajjal will be known as the Ashkenazi Jew. Already the war with the Ashkenazi Jew is carrying on from, from the time of World War and before. From the time that Constantinople fell. From that time the Ashkenazi Jew showed his face in the world. From that era the wars with them are carrying on. Behind Britain they were. Behind Russia they were. Behind Germany they were. Behind the United States they are. And a time will come where the final battle will be with the Shaitani Jewish force Ashkenazi Jew. They are nothing but Turk. This Ashkenazi Jew. They got nothing to do with Bani Israel. A time will come when they again will come. In the Shattin Nahar, they will also come by the river. And a hadith have mentioned that the final battle which will take place with the Jal speaks also of a river. Unique the ahadiths, as though you find it one time, you'll find it again. So the day that they will come and they will settle by the shores of the river, Banu Qantura, and in between from that time till what we are living in before us, so many times in history it happened, but as we're going in the future, may Allah let us not be of the wrong jamaat. Said so one jamaat will be so engrossed in their world, it will make no difference what laws are happening, what's happening, as long as I can get what I want. For some is my business must open, for some is my sports must take place, for some is my entertainment, as long as I get it. No one is ready to sacrifice. As long as my house is looked after, I'm happy. I'll vote for Zuma, I'll vote for EFF, I'll vote for anyone. As long as you just leave me as is. I don't want to change. The narration says, They're not going to last. They are not going to last. They will destroy themselves. That group is so engrossed, they don't even know death is around the corner. Second group understands death is around the corner. But their life is more important to them than their deen. So they have to make a decision at that time. Do I save my life or do I stand in support of my deen even if I have to die? They're, this jamaat means that they trust the devil. So, يَأْخُذُونَ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ They put their hands in the hands of the devil. And they say, will you give me life? But the devil, wherever he came to destroy, وَهَلَكُوا He'll kill them also. They put their full trust in him. I see death around the corner. Can you save me from death? The devil will say, open hands, come. I got all the vaccines for you. Whatever is going to happen in the future, vaccine is just like it came out of the tongue. 
whatever is going to happen, those that put their hands or their lives in the hand of the devil, don't ever think the devil is coming to save anyone. They will also go. They will also go. And there will always be a third jamaat who will say to their families, you all stand behind me. And whatever Allah has given us power to fight, we will use that power. That fight is not only a material fight to materialism. It is a spiritual fight to materialism. We will use what we have. Today someone wrote a dream, very interesting dream, although some people might not. They say, don't listen to dreams. This is the end of the They say, don't listen to the bayan. Then you don't hear the dream, but it was a nice dream. And dreams are dreams, and interpretation is open to interpretation. So they saw in the dream there was a lion. It was tied up, but it was extremely ferocious. And it's as though it's getting out. Many senior ulama of the country were by that lion, looking at that lion. And then some people like took food to the lion. They said if we give the lion food, perhaps it will say thanks. And then it will start eating and it will become a tame lion. You think you make it your cat. Then I'll feed you and then purr, like then I come press press you and say, okay, every day I'll bring for you meat. As long as you don't jump and attack. A lion is a lion. The more you will feed the lion, the stronger the lion will get. It will not get weaker. So one person was saying in the dream, let us take for the lion food. And they were actually bringing food. And then the lion, it seems, spoke. And the lion said that if you hold on to your five times salah, and a lot of tilawat of Quran. And you stop fighting with family members. You learn to forgive and forget. And you make kathrat of recitation of the 99 names of Allah. Then you will defeat me. So when I looked at that, I said, the lion spoke like. It comes in one narration when the shaitan was caught by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Finally, the shaitan said that I will teach you something. That if you will do it, the devil will never enter through you. And then he said, you will read Ayatul Kursi. When Abu Huraira radiallahu anh told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa that wording he used. Sadaq al-Kadhub. The liar has spoken the truth. The liar has spoken the truth. In the Arabic language, normally when you hear lion... When death takes out its claws in Balagat, you will do it. So death, they say death, they make it like like the lion when the lion takes out the claws. So lion and death is the same thing. So when you will see a time when death is ready to launch its attack and everyone is shocked, like what's happening? And a lion is a lion. When it eats, it doesn't stop eating. At that time, there will be some people who will say, let's feed the lion. Meaning material power, we will place it in front of the lion and we will hope that the lion will say, I'm happy. Meaning you ask the devil, what you want with this entire death at the moment? The devil will say, nothing much, I just want you to vaccinate, that's all. 
with all the countries of the world say, you ask them, all these laws, you say, we're going to get rid of all the laws, just vaccinate. Every law is like gone. Every law, just vaccinate. You think about it, we reach level one, we're almost on zero. But they don't want to take zero because you say, I'm holding, eh? you promised me you'll vaccinate. Then I'll go into zero. The vaccination never started already. But they were able to reach level zero, but they said, hey, I'm coming back if you don't fulfill your promise. That's how it is. Had they said when everyone vaccinates, then it will go to level zero, we would have said, makes sense. Here it reached level zero before we vaccinated. But it said, I'm coming back in December if you don't vaccinate. That story of that is like the lion saying, feed me. So some people thought, let's just feed it. But we all know when you feed a lion, what happens after it eats? The lion becomes hungry again. When it becomes hungry, will it ask for number two? Will it ask for something further or will it now just say, work is done? My people made enough money making vaccines. They also happy, I'm happy. Let's go for holiday. Or will it say, no, this vaccine now is not sufficient. We need something else. And then will there be a need for something else and a need for something else until the lion daily will eat and eat and eat and when the man no longer got food to present to the lion, the lion will then say, now you my food. So some thought, let's take for it food. Food will only increase the strength of the lion. And then the lion spoke. The calamity spoke, if you want to destroy me, Finally, they saw someone slaughtered the lion, one of the old people. In the dream, they saw an old person slaughtering the lion. Old person slaughtering the lion means what you will think is a man who got no muscle, no material strength to fight the thing, but he got spiritual strength. Spiritual strength will defeat whatever shaitani poison is put in the world. Four things were mentioned, five times salah. Kathrate tilawat. The destroyers of shaitani magic. Sila Rahmi. The ahadith spoke about the one who is kind to his family. Allah puts barakah in life. And finally when he spoke about the 99 names of Allah, what went to my mind is dua. And dua through the tawassul of the names of Allah. إِذَا دُعِيَ بِهِ إِسْتَجَابَةً وَإِذَا سُئِلَ بِهِ أَعْطَاءً as soon as the name of Allah is used and dua is made and the work gets done. Salah, kathrate, tilawa. Lot of tilawat of Quran. So those two people are doing, it seems the third one people have become weakened. We still got so much fights in our families. Still got. That lion will not die until we say we're ready to make maaf. Forget the stories. Why? Because the lion is around the corner. You know, if you go sometimes in the park, one of the unique scenes you'll see in the Kruger Park is when you see the bucks fighting. Why are they fighting? They're not playing fighting. Let's practice jihad. So on the day the lion comes, we got power against him. They're fighting for the female. They're fighting that she's mine, not she. There's so many of them. I don't know, someone could have told them you can share, but they don't share. It's one for all. Now they have to fight now. So many females watching the match. So you see in the bucks, sometimes we see the giraffes fighting. 
When they fight, they fight with their neck. And how they fight, how long you get tired of the fight. Again, you will tell them there's enough for all. Why don't you all practice training for the lion? You say, kick me. I say, I'll kick you. Now we know how to kick. So when the lion comes, we both kick. But in their own fights, they forgot the lion. And they'll carry on every day. One will kill. One giraffe kills the other giraffe. One buck kills the other buck. But he doesn't know when that lion is going to come. He's not going to say that Mubarak to you. I'll eat the dead buck. He's going for the living. The fights that people have amongst themselves. In all aspects. Internal politics has made the lion very strong. No one's ready to forgive. No one's ready to make salah. No one's ready. Let's put our powers together. Families are not ready. Friends are not ready. No one is ready. So the lion is still a strong lion. And you will be able to sort out your fights, break your fights and just make truce. And then dua with the names of Allah. And they saw the old person slaughtering the lion. I like the dream. It was like a very unique interpretation. Although some people will say far-fetched. Everyone got his right. You think about what interpretation you want of the lion and the food. But if you can't work out one, there's nothing wrong stopping us that we start doing four things. This is the third group who will say, let's fight this enemy. But we don't need to fight it with a sword. That zamana will come. We will fight this enemy. And if we have to pass away in that fight, then these are the martyrs of the era. May Allah allow us in every time that comes, we are able to be of that firqa who says to the family, all come behind me and let us stand up. How much we will manage to do? There will be those who will fulfill the promise they made to Allah. Some will die fighting it. Some will die opposing it. They will not get the chance to see the good days that will come after. But they will be the martyrs of the ummah means Allah with the barakah of their blood and their efforts. Allah will make the next era defeat the enemy. It will be the barakah of their efforts and their blood that the next era will defeat. If you say it's too strong this year, it's not going to work. The Mahdi we need. Perhaps the Mahdi will say we won this battle because of the sacrifices of the era before us. In the barakah of blood, in the barakah of sacrifice, Allah gives. Doors open up. You are the scholars of the time. You are the ulama of the era. You are students of deen. If people outside are not ready to fight against the lion, you all start it. Four things you do when you put up that fight. Either you will yourself slaughter the lion or you will die fighting the lion. Your efforts will be then used to destroy the lion in the future. Allah tabarakallah make us all from this army. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.